You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thank you for staying with us. We are here at St. Anne's Catholic Church. Um, This is Real Presence Live today. We've had a great show so far. I'm Karen Selensky along with Father Craig Holcalter. Um, Just a beautiful day outside, sunny, going to be hot and kind of humid here, but um, we'll take that over the snow, right, Father? That's for sure. <laughs> I love the heat. It's been uh, beautiful. Bring on the 80, 90 degrees. It uh, was a horrible winter. Yes. But yeah, so summer, I'm definitely a summer guy. So even uh, hearing, you know, Jan speak about a, a fishing tournament, just being on the water, I don't really don't need a fishing rod in my hand. Um <laughs> But it's, I just enjoy, you know, the cool of the water and being in a boat like that. It, it sounds very appetizing. Yes. So I'm still glad we had her on. And uh, we move to another excellent guest. We This next segment, uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in this morning. Uh, Real Presence Radio. Uh, Father Hochulter here, along with Karen Zelensky again. And uh, we have fantastic lineup. Uh, our second guest uh, is Camille Pauly. Camille resides in Rapid City, South Dakota. And Camille, as she will share with us, um, is significantly involved um, the, with the culture of life and pulling down the culture of death and moving to really a mindfulness of healing and, and move to hearts of healing. Uh, Camille, good morning to you, and thank you for uh, offering some of your morning uh, to us here on Moreau Presence Radio. How are you? Good morning, Father Hochalter. Karen, I'm very happy to be here, and I I have to disagree with you. I think it was a wonderful winter. I hail from Seattle, Washington, (laughs) where we never see snow like this. Oh, Oh, dear. Good for you. I I can so appreciate. I can, uh, you know, in the winter, I I like that you said that, Camille, because I am a four-season guy, and yes, Mm -hmm. I I love the snow, but yeah, by like March, I was like, okay, I'm over it. Um, Oh, man, we were in our snow boots in September. Just waiting for it. <laughs> oh. Your spirit is great. Yes. I like that. <laughs> um, Camille, tell us about yourself. So um, you, cur- you, you currently reside in, in Rapid City, but tell us about yourself, your vocation, and then move right along into your um, certainly close, close relationship with uh, the culture of life and bringing healing yes. to the culture. Absolutely. Well, my primary vocation is marriage, and I have two beautiful children. Um, and uh, my secondary vocation is uh, to work for the pro-life movement. I've been working in pro-life since I was 16 years old oh, and God professionally bless you. all my life. Mm-hmm. It has just been a calling on my heart since, uh, since a very young age. And I, I work with Healing the Culture. It's an organization that I founded with Father Robert Spitzer back in 2003. And it's a very different kind of organization. The whole purpose is to help people understand the fundamental reasons why we are pro-life and not just that we're pro-life. So we, we, take, we focus on the perspective that you cannot get people to see the image and likeness of God in an unborn baby if they don't first see the image and likeness of God in themselves. And so we work really hard to get people to understand a deeper uh, definition of happiness, success, quality of life, freedom, love, um, the human person, human rights, all of these terms that, the, that our opposition has co-opted. We build from the bottom up a much deeper, more life-giving and life-affirming definition of these words, and then we show them all the principles, uh, like non-maleficence and 
and the intrinsic dignity of the person that lead to a pro-life belief and conviction. And we have curricula all the way from kindergarten now through adults, and we get in, in sneaky ways to all the audiences we need to be with the most, especially using social media. We're on YouTube and Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter, and um, you know we, we, uh, we just find ways to get in with little videos and, um, and uh, other curricula for schools and colleges and churches to help people elevate what they are thinking when they talk about abortion and when they talk about the human person. You know, it's, um, I'm, I'm so glad you opened that way, uh, Camille. I, I don't think it can be overstated, uh, which, which it really is actually a fitting. And I've been taught it myself. I didn't come to it on my own. But, um, you, you know, there, <laughs> our faith goes back to the incarnation, right, at like the most basic of levels. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we can make it as complicated as we want. And, and that theology is important. I mean, we should live out of the truth. And the church gives us that really rich uh, foundation in theology. Uh, at the same time, however, you know, there's a very simple and basic <laughs> insight of the denunciation, right, that, that any of our no's that we do have in Christianity, no to this, no to that, in terms of a moral obligation, uh, before that is a yes. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's exactly what you're echoing, is that we say yes to the sacredness, the dignity of all human life. That is one big yes, as Mary is one big yes to God in conceiving her, his son. But that means as us, for us Catholics, as, as you know, faithful Christians, that when we say that yes to God, and following him, it does mean consequently that we do say no to certain behaviors and certain attitudes and, and certain actions. Um, but I, I just don't think we can, uh, I don't think we can emphasize enough to people, but certainly to our youth, right? I was involved in Catholic education for 10 years administratively, and um, we just can't say it enough that this all starts with a yes to God, and, and that's the origin of the church's teachings on all, on all life, right? I th- I, absolutely. I think that the most important and uh, useful pro-life organization in the entire world is the Catholic Church. Ah, God <laughs> I mean, bless you. Because it, well, because it hits exactly what people need to know in order to be pro-life in the first place. Who are you as a human person? What is it that makes you valuable? What is it that makes you significant? What is it that makes you important? Mm. Right? What gives you dignity? And when people really understand that, it is almost impossible not to see that in an unborn child. And the whole argument of, oh, well, it's small, and it's weak, and it doesn't have any arms and legs yet, and it doesn't have any brain function yet, those things don't matter anymore. Because now you see the potential of the human being, that a human being is a being that has the, the incredible potential to relate to God and to participate in truth and love and goodness and justice and beauty. And that potentiality is what gives us dignity and worth and value. And it is just as valuable an unborn child as it is in me. Mm. But you see, if I don't get that in myself, then I'm not going to get it, it. It doesn't matter how many pictures of an unborn child you show, mm. or how many arguments of slippery slopes you tell, or how many you know descriptions of the graphic nature of abortion you share with people. They're going to look at you and say, A, you're lying, B, I don't care, <laughs> because you are threatening my sense of meaning and purpose and worth, which is always shallow and materialistic and very negative to the human person. So we, you know, we really try to help pro-life organizations put as part of their ministry a discussion with people and an education about their deeper meaning and, and dignity and elevate what happiness means, because everybody wants to be happy, right? But we have such narrow and, and destructive definitions of human happiness, and it's driving our belief about everything else, what we think freedom is, and what we think will make us successful, and what gives a high quality of life. 
So that's that's the key of what we do, and it's it's a very different kind of ministry, and I love it. I love what I do. Camille, say for us again for Karen and I, especially, but then so we can echo and and, and really advocate for for your you and your cause and healing the culture. What is I mean, if you could say you know on air again, you gave us kind of a, a really wide and helpful context, um, but to you know something accessible to hold on to. So if pe- people are going to turn off the radio or they're driving somewhere, they know what is the goal of healing the culture. If you could say it in you know one two three lines, like what is the, what is the goal of what what your your team your organization does. Our goal is to make abortion and euthanasia and assisted suicide unthinkable and Mm. illegal by causing people to understand and embrace their own true, real dignity. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That that is, um, I'm glad you said those things out loud. And not only that, but yeah, for to encourage, right? To to lead people, to to be in friendship with them, to lead them to this ultimate truth of uh, their worth, right? And God shows them. God shows them. Uh, from their conception. It's, it's interesting. We're, we're about to go to break, but we have a few minutes here, uh, Camille. You know, we're, we're just approaching, I'm checking my dates here, we're just approaching the one-year anniversary of this, you know, in the Supreme Court on uh, last, uh, almost a year ago, June 24th, 2022, uh, mm-hmm. overturned Roe versus Wade, which was the landmark piece of legislation that made access to an abortion a federal right in the United States. It is no longer a federal right, but um, moved to the states. And numerous trigger laws were in effect. And, and I know, I trust your mind has been in that. But now we're we're approaching. You know, we're twelve. We're almost twelve months in to America after Roe versus Wade. And um, I I would have the encouragement, and I've given a, a handful of talks at different levels that. Uh, the work is is restarting. Like we're not we're we're we are far from done. Don't use the D word. <laughs> and, and and I assume you'd agree with that. And and I would love to. I would, I would love to hear more of if your heart in this and healing the culture's heart. Of okay, we're a year past. We're approaching the one year anniversary on June twenty fourth, uh, which happens to be the solemnity of the, uh, the birth of John the Baptist, which is so beautiful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, begin, be, until we go to break, begin that kind of like, what do you say to people? You know, like, let's just start there. It's probably a low-level question. But when people are saying, well, aren't we kind of done? I mean, it's, it's, it's now illegal. What are, I mean, you know, you got to respond gently. But I know, that, <laughs> I, know it, I know inside there's zeal and passion for like, no. Yeah, there really is. I know. I, we're, we're not done. And abortion is not over. Roe versus Wade did not make abortion illegal. All it did was turn it over to the states to decide. And so yeah. in a lot of ways, the battle is more difficult mm. than if we had won a federal case making abortion illegal, because now you have to fight it 50 times, and you have to fight it over and over and over 50 times. Uh, our, our opposition is tricky and sneaky. I was actually on the steps of the Supreme Court on June 24th last year. God bless the, uh, you. Yeah, when Roe versus Wade was overturned, it was wonderful and amazing. But what struck me the most was that 90% of the people who were out there cheering were young. They were 20 years old, 16 years old, you know, college-age kids, and we far outnumbered the pro-abortion side that day. It was was a beautiful thing. So the pro-life movement, the young people in the pro-life movement are aware that that was a significant thing, but they're also aware this is a long-term battle. And I thank God that we have... Smart young people who know that it isn't over. They are, uh, you know, they are still strong in this battle. And you've got great groups like Students for Life of America that's promoting the young people getting active and engaged. 
Camille, I want to return to that. I do have. It's interesting um, that that experience of yours is it has so much carries so much value. I want to go back to that, particularly something you said after break. Uh, I want to go back to it after break, particularly something you said about the youth, right? They're being mm-hmm. like this sturdy foundation of the pro-life movement. And why is that? It's like, you know, it's asked, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to ask it negatively. I want to ask it with faith, you know, and with, with, with like a hope, a Christian hope, but at the same time, what is it, you know, in those that are, you know, of an older generation, whether it's like 40 on up, you know, or, and you can name your number, everybody will give a different number. But there is something so promising about that, but it, it is unique that it is, it is young. So we're going to get to that question. We're also going to get back to the question of, uh, you know, Roe versus Wade a year later and, and your work, Camille. Um, so listeners, please uh, stay tuned. Uh, I am Father Craig Holcalter, Associate Pastor here, Parochial Vicar at the Church of St. Anne in Bismarck, along with Karen Zelensky, Listening Coordinator. Uh, for the Real Presence Radio. We have a great segment remaining here with Camille Pauly, uh, who is in Rapid City, and we're going to get back to her in just a few moments. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. The Baptism of the Lord. In the Gospel account of the Baptism of Jesus, the mystery of death and resurrection, sin and redemption, sin and forgiveness is prefigured. Jesus descends into the depths of the Jordan. Being submerged in the river is a symbolic representation of the process of death. An old life is buried so that a new one can arise. Because Jesus himself is without sin and has no old life to bury, his acceptance of baptism is an anticipation of the cross, whereby he begins to share in our lot and to take upon himself our sins and our death. At the moment when he comes up out of the river, the heavens part, and from them is heard the voice in which the Father acknowledges him as his Son. The opening of heaven is a sign that this descent into our night is the dawning of a new day, that the barrier between God and man is being broken down by this identification of the Son with us. God is no longer inaccessible. In the depths of our sins and even of death, he searches for us and brings us into the light again. To this extent, the baptism of Jesus anticipates the entire drama of his life and death and at the same time explains them to us. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are in Bismarck, North Dakota today at St. Anne's Catholic Parish. Very blessed to be here with Father Craig Holcalter. I'm Karen Selensky. 
We are visiting with Camille Parker, or I'm sorry, Camille, Camille Polly right now, and just a great conversation, um, you know, about Roe versus Wade, uh, a lot of different things, healing the culture that she's part of. So, Father, you had some great questions to ask. You know, I, I love these, and we're going to get to them, Karen, I love these shows because, you know, we start out with... Um, this seminary and fishing tournament, and then we touch upon, you know, I, I, we're just scaling all over the church. I love it. I love shows like this that are really packed. They're multifaceted. Uh, and Camille, your work is certainly, you know, we can use that word as multifaceted in terms of um, that's such, it was such a good insight you offered with regard to, you know, what, what the overturning on June 24th, 2022 when the Supreme Court moved in that direction, what that really means, you know, is that it's not illegal. Now it's at the decision of states. So rather than one, <laughs> one courtroom, we have 50 courtrooms. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. um, it, it, the reason why it's, I think, fascinating is, one, because it's true. What you're saying is true. And there's a lot of confusion out there, right? But goodwill people, they're goodwilled, right? But, um, you know, that, that confusion's out there. And we were talking about, you offering a, a beautiful, you know, kind of experience of being on the actual steps uh, on the Supreme Court, uh, the Capitol in in Washington D.C. just a year ago on June 24th, the, the when the decision was uh, revealed, if so to speak, and you, with you know, with great conviction, seeing that there's so many youth were on the steps with you, and and they get it, you know, wh- why is that? You know, what, what is your, you know, what, how, one, how do we affirm them and, and say, keep going, keep going? Um, you know, the, uh, it's probably, what, 15 to 30 year olds, 15 to 35 year olds? And then mm-hmm. how do we increase that awareness to teach and to preach and to lead to convert the older generations? Yeah, yeah, it's very good questions. And I, I think the answer to why young people are so attracted to this movement is because young people are naturally attracted to the true, the good, and the beautiful. They love what is beautiful. They are also, unfortunately, very easily swayed by things that appear to be beautiful, mm-hmm. that can capture them and, and capture their attention and then trap them. But they have that natural desire, and they're idealistic about it. So if you can get them when they're young and help them to see the reasons why we're pro-life and show them the beauty behind it, they're going to latch on to it very easily. When you're older, you get a little jaded, and sometimes it can be more difficult because you've suffered a lot, and you can turn in on yourself, and you become a little bit despairing about the suffering, and then it's a little harder. But young people haven't gone through that yet, at least not a lot of them. And so they, you know, they're idealistic, they look at the beauty, they, they latch on to it, and they want to be part of it. And so I think that's part of what you, why you see such a huge um, influx of young people into the pro-life movement. But our role in the way you asked, how do we affirm that? We lead them. Young, old people cannot just turn over the reins to young people and mm. say, I'm done, I'm out. They need our leadership and our guidance because they're kind of all over the map, you know, <laughs> and they need guidance from what we've experienced and what we've seen and what worked and what didn't and why and how to be a good leader. And so, you know, every good army is led by a good general, and usually that general is older because he has knowledge and wisdom that needs to be passed on to the younger troops. And so I, I always tell the older people, don't, get, don't check out of this movement. The young people need your leadership and your guidance on how to be good leaders. Well, and you know, you know to this point, I don't want to get too far off topic, uh, uh, Camille, but you, you, th- this, is, this, is, this is so central to the life of sanctity, the life of grace and living a Catholic life is 
you know, to, to the fullest, right? Like a, a, a life worth living, if you will, um, <laughs> or becoming the best version of yourself. Whatever kind of vocabulary we want to use that's either very classic or more modern in the church, uh, it, it's, it's not pulling away that idealism. You know, I, I always, I always had that in my heart of in youth ministry and the pro-life movement, don't take the idealistic, the ideals, the, the pursuit of excellence away from them, but add right. discipline to it. You know, don't That's take right. that away. <laughs> and, 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 and there's a difference, right? There's a big difference because, because that, that, this is the very message of Jesus in the gospel with, uh, becoming childlike, right? And this is, this is universal among all saints, right? They did not drop their ideals. They maintained a level of, of excellence. They did not turn in on themselves in the midst of suffering, which so many people do. Um, but they added discipline to it. And I think you, you nailed it. I think that's what an older generation can do <laughs> in becoming the commanders, the generals of the army. And you have a, you have a, you have a lot of people behind you. you there's a lot of infantry. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, and it's also true that older people, and I don't, I don't you know, of any age, I'm, I'm talking, you know, 40, 50, 60, all the way to 90, older people can also really be important in this ministry in helping people to understand who they are in helping people to understand that message that you are dignified and you are beautiful. When you don't do that, Satan has a plethora of ways that he gets into the human heart to convince you that, that, that you're not, you know, that you're not even real. And you're seeing that now with the transgender movement, the homosexual movement. And now this, um, you know, I know some of your listeners are familiar with this. I wanted to talk about this a little bit. He- healing the Culture is starting a new initiative to help the pro-life movement understand that part of our ministry has to be showing people um, that they are actually human beings, not just what it means to be a human being, but that you are a human being. Because there's this phenomenon now going on, and it's not a new phenomenon. This is old as the hills. But you've got this, this there's new names being put into it. Mm. One of them is, is other kins, where, where people actually convince themselves, they, they become delusional that they are not even a human being, and then they identify as, it, it often takes the, the, the role of a, an animal or a mythical creature or, uh, or sometimes it's a robot or an animated creature or an avatar. And they actually, it's not just that they're identifying with that creature, but they believe they are that being and that they were never human in the first place. And it's getting bigger and it's getting more powerful and it's feeding off of what our popular culture is doing with the transgender movement. That you can actually be any sex you want well, you, you can actually be any being you want. And it, there, there's another form of it called furries, where people yes. put on mm-hmm. furry outfits and yep. <laughs> they run around and they don't think that they're an animal, but they, they want to become that animal for a little while because they think that who they are is not good enough. And it's really sad. They, they form these whole communities where they put on their furry outfit and they act like a wolf and a dog and a cat. And that's where they feel like they really come alive and can express their true selves. It was really sad. Because their true selves is so much more than an animal. But since the beginning, Satan has tried to convince us, you are just an animal. Here, eat the apple. There's nothing bigger for you than that. Because you're just an animal who has this impulse. And, and, and so now we've moved to, from, you know, the, the unborn child is not a human being, to there isn't really such a thing as a human being, and I'm certainly not one. And it's going to get worse from here. You know, we've had cases where people have identified as buildings, I am a building, and so they, you know, they actually seek to get a permit for themselves. <laughs> so it sounds nuts and crazy, but it's the natural way of what, how these things are going. And I know people are thinking, well, that's not going to get very big. 
okay, but 15 years ago, we didn't think it was going to get very big that boys would be turned into girls surgically and vice versa. You know, this, these things are real and they're happening. And our movement has to start initiatives that help people understand the deeper meaning of what it means to be a human being. Camille, speaking of, is, speaking, mm-hmm. sorry about that. Speaking of initiatives, no, what, um, say more in terms of, you know, in the next few weeks as we do commemorate uh, a significant date, um, June 24th, 2022, and we move into June 24th, 2023, um, to commemorate the anniversary and, and even more, right, to like to command these, the officers, right, for the generals to like command, like, okay, here's, mm-hmm. here's the next battle, here's the next fight, here's the next war, and to arm them with, you know, with truth, with beauty, with goodness, and those principles. What events is Healing the Culture offering? I, I, I know, I think you have some in the palm of your hand that you want to offer to us. Um, sure. Well, know, I'll tell you one really really good one healing the culture is having uh the only one in this area anyway is we're doing a big celebration of the end of roe versus wade it's going to be at the courtyard marriott in box elder on june 24th on the anniversary of the dobbs decision it'll be in the evening you can get tickets you have to have tickets and you can get tickets at healingtheculture.org which is our website and there's dinner it's a beautiful meal you, you get free wine and beer and dessert and there's going to be entertainment. And Father Robert Spitzer is going to be there, who is our founder and, you know, That's of cool. EWTN fame with Spitzer's, Spitzer's yeah. Universe. He's going to be there as our keynote speak, uh, speaker so people get to meet him and talk to him. And we'll lay out what all of our initiatives are for, for you know, just taking the challenge head on for what Satan is throwing at us right now. And there are programs for young people and college kids and high school mm-hmm. kids and even for adults and grown-ups. And I just encourage people to come to that event, healingtheculture.org. There's still plenty of room to get a ticket. It's on June 24th in Box Elder at the Courtyard Marriott. And, uh, and a chance to meet Father Spitzer. Now, Camille, that's certainly... Box Elder, this is in Rapid City, correct? The Courtyard Marriott in Ra- mm-hmm. Rapid City? Yes, Rapid City, um, right. June 24th, healingtheculture.org for more information and all the initiatives. I'm so glad you said that, that there, you're... You're really intentional with going after each of these demographics, right? Each of these kind of age groups, if you will, groups of people, because it does take the entire church, it takes the entire army, and what skills, what talents, what qualities these have to really identify and then bring down these these symptoms, right, of the bigger problem of really, like, confusion over what it means to be human. Yeah, we even have a television program called Philo and Sophie. For kindergarten, first, second grade, you can get it on forms.org. You can watch it on our website. And it teaches these little kindergartners all these concepts that lead them to be pro-life later. So, oh, yeah, from cool. womb to tomb. Ca- mm-hmm. Camille, thank you so much. We're Camille Pauly of Healing the Culture. Thank you for your work. We're coming up on a hard break. Camille, you have a wonderful day. God bless you. Uh, God bless and, you, too. And the whole organization on yes. the evening of June 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pray to St. John the Baptist you. and St. Elizabeth uh, that it, that's blessed and graced. Uh, listeners, don't don't go away. We have an exciting second half of the show. Uh, we are your hosts, Father Craig Holkalter, uh, parochial vicar at the Church of St. Anne, along with Karen Zelensky. Karen, you're not going anywhere, are you? No, I'm going to stay here right with you. Great. So we're <laughs> going to go to break, listeners. Uh, thank you for your support and listening in with your ears. Yes. Say Hail Mary for us on break, and we'll be back. <laughs> 